Welcome to the NAIA F-Ball Podcast. We are just leaving the national championship game, and we are going to give you our instant reaction podcast. I am here with my co-host, Corey Thorpe. Corey, what do you think about that amazing game we just left? My gosh, what an end to a season. That was that was a fitting end to what would had been a really, really good playoff, don't you think? Absolutely. So we have Benedictine coming in with a great playoff run. They had a battle-tested playoff run going through Cumberland's, Concordia, and Kansas Wesleyan. Well, they were the underdogs tonight, but they didn't play like underdogs, Corey. A lot of people thought that this was going to be an absolute blowout or that Morningside would run away from it, run away with it, but Benedictine stayed tough. Corey, what do you think about Benedictine's performance? You know, Benedictine really stayed in it by staying committed to the run. Um, Marquise uh, Stewart, I think. I don't have any of the stats in front of me because it's it's dark. Um, you know, rushed for over 150 yards. You, I know you were out there scoping out Lyman, you Lyman geek. Um, but they, you know, kept the duo of Miles and Salsma off the field. And that's how they did it. Right. I think going into halftime, folks, um, Benedictine was winning the game 20-14. to 14, And it's just like Corey said, they were keeping Niles and Solsma off the field. Uh, Benedictine had 18 minutes of time of possession while Morningside was at 11. But, Corey, let's go ahead and talk about Morningside. They come out the gates on a 14-0 run leading 28-20 here in the third quarter. Morningside absolutely finished the game. And that's what you have to do to win football games. You got to finish. It starts in the offseason, finishing your drills, finishing everything you do. And that's exactly what they did. They finished the game, and here they are. They're national champions. And what a magical thing we saw. We saw the Salsma-Niles connection one more time to win the game. That was mad. That was way better than two weeks ago at St. Francis, the double overtime, because this one was for a national championship. Corey, go ahead. You know, we, when we talked with Niles and Salsman after the game, you know, uh, Niles said that. He said, man, that felt better. He said last week. I knew what he meant. He said that felt so much better than, than last week. Um, that, was, that was neat to hear. Um, but yeah, they came out of the gate. They basically said, "Enough is enough. We're gonna take you now, and we're going to prove that we are the better of the two teams out here." Correct. So I definitely think, and I think you would agree with me, that the play design for Morningside was there the whole time in the first half. They just didn't have execution. There was a lot of times where receivers were dropping balls and not helping out Solsma at all. Well, Solsma didn't make bad reads himself. That second half, they came out sharp, and they were ready to go. Connor Niles absolutely took over the game. I think he was at close to 200. I think he was over 200 all-purpose yards between yeah. kick return, receiving, and punt returns. 
To win a national championship game, folks, you have to have a guy like Connor Niles, somebody that can just absolutely take the game over. And Corey, let's not forget about Arnage Ponder, AP. He looked smooth and crisp tonight. And, you know, a couple days ago, his arm was in a sling. So hats off to AP, man. He, uh, he did well. He really did. They were opening up holes for him and just tearing through that defense. And, I mean, it's, it's that balance of that offense that makes it work. You know, you can't just keep on Jurgensmeyer or, um, or Niles. You know, you've got to remember that there's a running back there that's really, really good. Right. So, Morningside, they were the same old, same old, very balanced, Benedictine, Let's give the quarterback, Schaefer, a lot of credit. He took some big hits, but continued to get up, and he was very efficient. Uh, Fine as receiver Jackson for, I think Jackson was over 100 yards. Yeah. And, you know, that was a that was a matchup within itself in the game with Jackson and Span, Xavier Span, the defensive back from Morningside. Um, I thought that was one of the most compelling matchups within the game. But another thing was the Morningside defensive line versus the Benedictine offensive line. Uh, Coach Wilcox from Benedictine said that was the best front four they have saw all year, and that's there's a reason why they're national champs. It was in the trenches. And Benedictine's offensive line, give credit to those guys, especially the right guard, Genesis Combs, we were watching. I was watching specifically. I think I had him for four pancakes in the first half. You know, Corey, if Benedictine won this game, Genesis is getting my game ball. Nobody thinks about the linemen, so shout out, Genesis. You had a great game. Um, but, you know, you saw the human side of football as we were up there at the press conference. You saw Coach Wilcox and Schaefer up there. And, uh, you know, football's an amazing thing. You leave it all out on the field. And those kids were heartbroken for Benedictine for not – finishing this game when they had opportunities. Corey, um, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but go ahead and tell me the the play that swung the game. Man, you, you just feel really bad for Benedictine. Um, they're dri- they are going to be driving down the field to try to take the lead. You call for a holding penalty, um, which you, you can't do in, in those situations. Um, but it backs him up. It's fourth and 20 uh, near their own red zone. Bad snap. Hunter muffs it. And, um, you know, as, as Morningside's coach was saying, he was just yelling at the top of his lungs, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. And they eventually did, and that pretty much sealed the deal uh, for them. And, and he, you know, for a team that had fought hard and gone toe-to-toe with Morningside. Um, John, you and I both thought that game was going into OT. Right. So, at the beginning of the week, even in our preview, we both picked Benedictine to win because we knew that Benedictine had to play the perfect game to win. And we thought they were going to play that perfect game, and they just about did. That was the biggest mistake of the game, and it cost them. Without that mistake, we are looking at overtime, and they have a chance to win. But, like I said, credit to Morningside. They 
capitalized on the Benedictine mistakes. They could have not converted themselves, but no, they finished, they capitalized, and they won the national championship. Uh, hats off again to Benedictine and Coach Wilcox. For those that don't know, Coach Wilcox has been at Benedictine for 40 seasons. He's in the top 10 for all-time college football wins out all of college football. But uh, Morningside, you can sleep easy in Daytona Beach tonight. I know you're going to be going to Sioux City, back to Sioux City, Iowa uh, tomorrow. But when you wake up in the morning, you are still national champions. And you have reached the climax of the season, what everyone dreams of, especially with an ending to a career like Niles and Sulzma from high school to now college to the national championship, what storybooks are made of. You could probably make a movie with the two careers those guys have had. And uh, best of luck to those guys. Corey, I think one of the, the best moments of our night was in the press conference and uh, Niles and Salsman come in and the first thing they said was... Doubters. Doubters, that's right. So they knew that we picked against them. So maybe we helped them with a little reverse psychology with our projections. So Corey, wrapping it up, uh, what other thoughts you have that you would like to end the show with? You know, that was the first time for both of us being on that side of covering the game of football. I know you've done it as a coach. I've done it as a fan. Uh, you've done it as a fan. That was one of the coolest experiences of, of my life, going through and, you know, going to the game, covering it, tweeting about it writing about it, going to go, getting to go to the press conference, you know, which I only ever follow on Twitter, you know, for, for my team, for, for, for Florida State, uh, but being to be there and ask the questions, that was seriously cool, and I can't wait to do that again. Right, so folks, remember, next year's national championship game will be in Grambling, Louisiana, northern Louisiana. We will definitely be there. Um, we are going to be here this whole offseason with you guys. We have a lot of content to push out. Recruiting, offseason preparation, mat drills, spring practice. We are here for it all. We are glad you came on this ride with us. This has been a magical ride. And it's going to keep on going. So just hop on and enjoy it with us. For Corey Thorpe, John Cooper, NAIF Ball. Make sure you go search it up on every social media platform, NAIF Ball. Stay classy.